Welcome to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. I'm Dan Hill. Let's get started. Episode 17, Better Homes and Condos. Air date January 27th, 1997. We back, baby. So if you'll remember from the previous episode, a big car crash has just occurred and we're right back where we left off. Michael and Megan's car has flipped. It's pouring rain. Kimberly has gotten out of her car. Megan manages to climb out of her car, but Michael is completely unconscious. He is not responsive. So the girls pull him out of the car. Luckily, another car whizzes by. They tell them to go call 911, and they're trying life-saving measures on Michael in the rain up on Mulholland Canyon? Mulholland Drive. Boulevard? Mulholland Drive. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't stress enough just how much it's raining. It's like <laughs> sideways raining, and Kimberly is just screaming like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? It's a, it's a monsoon. It's a lot. Kimberly was just in a head-on collision and is basically unscathed. Yeah, she's fine. So is Megan, too. They are freely working out, basically opening the door, pulling him out in the rain. It is, it's intense. But Michael's not so lucky. He's not doing hot. He's 0 for 2 when it comes to car crashes. Yeah. And then we cut to the opening credits. Yeah. And the cameraman of this shit is the drunkest I've ever seen him. Yeah. When the establishing shots come up after the opening credits, it's like, it's almost laughable. Like, is this a choice? It has to be. It's ultra shaky cam. It's it's awful. It's making me sick. It's like a kid took a camera and started running with it. Like I'm, I'm going to faint just talking about it. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Uh, like the, And the shots aren't even long enough to make out what it what is. What it is. It's just shapes. I think someone was straight up in a car doing it out the window. <laughs> it's very weird. And just like... It's very weird. That was 97 for you. Uh, We get back to Wilshire Memorial where Peter is on the case. He's working on Michael. His vitals are fine, but he's just unconscious. Yeah. Matt's helping rolling him in, too. Mm -hmm. Matt's like number two at Wilshire Memorial now. He's really worked his way up. I don't think I've seen another doctor other than Peter, Michael, and... Matt. I don't think there's another one on the payroll. I think that's it. It's real small time. And it's bad when one of your doctors is like unconscious, unresponsive. I mean, that's a third of your workforce. Yeah. It's bad. 
Uh, Megan's asking if Kimberly is okay. And Kimberly says that she doesn't know why she's alive and why Michael's nearly dead. And like, we had a, we had a plan. And then, um, Megan like explains it all to her, like why they were there. And she tells Kimberly that she has confided in Michael everything. Yeah. She's told him that she was a sex worker that was hired to basically take care of his needs while Kimberly couldn't. And then it developed into more. And so that really resulted in the crash because they got into a fight. Megan's like, why did you even tell me, Kimberly? (laughs) Why did you put me in that position, Kimberly? We care about you. Don't you get it? I thought you were my friend. Would a friend let another friend kill themselves? (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, I don't really get the logic here. It's it's a very strange friendship. They're like sharing a man, and it's really open. Yeah, it's yeah, it's open, but it's closed at the same time. So we go from that scene over to Allison and Jake's apartment, and as you'll remember, Allison is knocked up, and Jake. Wants to serve her breakfast in bed because she's eating for two now. And guys, you thought the last proposal was pathetic? This one. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is fucking awful. This is so bad. Imagine you're laying in bed. You wake up to your boyfriend carrying just a tray of subpar eggs. Fruit. Maybe some fruit. Coffee. And he... Puts the tray down and she's like, oh, wow, breakfast in bed. And and he goes over, yes, I've got eggs, I've got fruit. And then picks up a cup and says... You're giving it too much justice. He's just <laughs> like, here you go, eggs, fruit, essentials. Don't forget the engagement ring. And it's this tiny, tiny ring. And you know what? Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, you got to get, get a huge diamond. But this is just very... Humble. I gotta ask it's you. Humble. I gotta ask you. Is it better or worse than Allison's shrapnel ring that Billy gave her? At least the shrapnel ring had some character. At least you could open up a can of old school. I kind of like the shrapnel ring better because you could. It had some functionality. Yeah, you could and, like, and you could I'm, like, I like big jewelry. I like. Like, I don't want a tiny, like, not nearly their band and, like, a little speck, like a baguette yeah. as the diamond. Like, and look, Jake, hey, if I'm not going to get a diamond, at least make a big hunk of metal, yeah. you know? And look. Like this one. And Jake isn't broke. He, he owns a, a successful bar restaurant. And again, maybe that's her taste. Maybe she likes understated. Like, and, not there well, at all. Well, if... That's her taste, and she's fucking full. <laughs> she's eating it up. Um, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't even fit. And she's like, oh, looks like I'm retaining water because I'm pregnant. I'm already retaining water. And he's like, oh, don't worry. We can get it resized. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, what do you want to do today? And he says, I got to meet a new vendor at the bar. And then she's like, okay, great. See you tonight. And then he just like walks out. Says, Eat up. You're eating for two. Gotta go. Yeah, I mean, it's ve- like it's so weird because he was so doting on her, and now it's almost like, 
I don't know. He he's just kind of like shirking her it's, off of him. I think the word you're looking for, Jenny, is loveless. Yeah. It's loveless. Like he he just asked her to marry him. The and day did, the, did she accept? She did, did she say accept. yes? She did accept after he asked because again. Because I think no, he no, no, already no. asked, right? Here's, here's the timeline. Like they've already asked. Yeah, yeah. So he he basically, he asked her by saying he's going to get the marriage papers. Oh, yeah, sure. And then okay. she was like, wow, what a nice proposal. Then he proposes at the end of the episode but again. But without a ring. Without a ring. She says yes to that. Got it. Now, now it's ring time. Is it? Is it? For somebody stretching out a proposal, he's not really executing at all. And it's just like, here you go. And maybe, okay, this was 1997. Maybe in 2023, we just expect these over-the-top proposals. I mean, people going to prom are getting like prom fully. Proposals? Yeah, no, like, fuck that. like production level. Like we've got your whole family and classmates involved. No, I'm pretty sure in 97, you got down on a knee. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a ring box and you opened it up and you said something at least Allison you're the love of my life please marry me that's bare minimum that's a bare minimum he just goes don't forget the engagement ring yeah add-ons to that would be flowers chocolate rose petals maybe some music like those are all just like extras but bare minimum knee to the floor ring presentation no i'm you're preaching to the choir i'm with you this yeah this isn't this isn't a case of like there were no cameras in fucking 1970 stop it because (laughs) there were cameras but no one was wasting film on pregnancy photos right everyone agreed with me stop beating that dead horse folks were like proposing to to people anyway this is bad very disappointed in Jake. Okay, next up, we are over at now Sam's apartment. It's so weird even saying that as I'm picturing Jane's apartment. But Jane ain't there anymore, guys. Jane's gone. She doesn't live there. So Sydney is the only occupant in this apartment until Sydney comes down with a big cardboard box of all of her belongings and she starts pushing her way into the apartment and putting her stuff down. Sam wants to know what's going on and Sydney says, oh, I'm moving into this apartment. Why did we miss something? Why is Sydney so awful to Sam? Is you know, that this warranted? is a question that I've had as well. I don't think there's been any like event that really set it off. I think just because she was close to her sister. And they were put shutting her out for so long, maybe? Or or Jane was shutting her out so long? I don't know. I think uh-huh. like to have another woman kind of in her orbit, it might just be threatening in some way. Mm. Um, but she's always been such a bitch yeah. to Sam. And it is unwarranted. And she's basically like, oh, well, I already got Amanda to transfer my deposit to this one because my name was still on the lease to this apartment. So basically, you can stay here, but yeah. if you do, you have me as a roommate. But like, going back a little bit, I'm, I felt like when Sam checked Sydney 
with the order, like she was yelling at her about some order that she didn't place. And Sam was like, yeah, you already did that. We already took care of it. And then Sid was like, oh, oh, okay. I thought that would have curbed the meanness of like, hey, no. I'm on it. But I guess not. We always need to have that kind of like tension. Yeah. You know? But Sam goes to complain to Amanda. And Amanda all but says, deal with it or you can pay me. Or uh, you can go into Sydney's apartment. Yeah. You can just do a little switcheroo. But the thing is, Sam doesn't have the funds for the, for the first and last month rent that's due up front. Here's, here's my suggestion. Leave. So, leave or... Go somewhere new. Or whip up a cure-off, dumbass. <laughs> get some fucking paint. Get a canvas and whip it up. I mean, well, who's going to sell it? Because she can't... Sydney was taking all of her money. And I think Sydney still owes her money. Yeah. It, it's it's just insane. Uh, but like, and then Sam's got a job. All these people have jobs, and when any, whenever any kind of money thing comes up, they're broke. But is it a high-paying job? Okay, because that's one thing. It's very menial what she's doing right now. And is she is hourly? It? Is she salary? I don't know, Dan. She's, I don't know how much she makes. I know it's a, a freaking expensive as shit to live in L.A. Here's how I see it, though. That place was called Jane's. No. Right. It was. And Jane and Sam worked there. They were the only two employees. Well, Sydney, to an extent. So there was either, you're either the owner or the GM. Like, those are the only two positions. I don't know. Does, so, a, does a, a, a Sam, store like that need a GM if the owner's there all the time? Sam's doing GM shit. What if Sydney, what if Jane was just keeping all the buco bucks to herself and giving her like five bucks an hour? No. No, could be. She was placing you, orders. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know. So anyway, we leave kind of unsure as to what's going to happen with Sam and her apartment situation. We go over to Kyle's his restaurant he's chopping celery just working away getting ready for the busy dinner shift and then in the corner of the screen we see a door open danger music kicks in a man creeping in getting closer and closer to kyle he then grabs the knife from kyle's hand and holds it up against his throat and says, give me some of that share the wealth. They go through some kind of stage <laughs> combat and they start saying this like military type like buddy shit. Well, after the knife is up against Kyle's throat, Kyle then gains the upper hand and flips the guy over right. where he is down on the table and then Kyle is like in his face and then he's like, what are, what are you doing here, soldier? And he's like, butt wipes, sir. And then they start screaming in each other's faces about butts and wipes. And, and it ends with, you're a butt wipe, sir. <laughs> like, and then they, they embrace. And they're so, like, ah, how you and doing? And then they're like, simplify. And it's like, okay, well, these are marine guys, like buds from the past. Have we ever heard anything about Kyle being a... Never. Not to my recollection. Being a man of you know, service. And I'm not one that 
has a good long-term memory, but I could have, I don't think we've ever heard this before. Never. Absolutely never. And as they're like hugging and shit, Taylor comes in and she sees Kyle and this guy we're now meeting, Nick. Um, and Nick apparently has an open invitation to stay with. I don't think he was invited, Dan. Yeah, he's well, like, where are you staying? And he's like, with you, just like old times. And he's like, yeah, hell yeah, you are. And then Taylor, they're like, come on, let's, let's go grab a drink. Kyle drops the chopping of the celery and is going on a bender with his buddy. And no one's picking up the slack. Kyle is alone. In there. Now, you can tell, because when Taylor enters, she is not happy to see Nick. Mm-mm. She turns herself away from him when he passes her. There's some history there. And There's she's, some bad shit that went down. Yeah, and, and, and Taylor is even like reminding Kyle of, like, a little too early to be drinking, isn't it? And he's like, ah, nah, we're good. He's like, I want him gone by tomorrow. This guy's character name is Nick Reard- Reardon. And he is played by Scott Plank. Scott Plank is best known for his role as Trout Walker in Holes. Which Holes was actually dedicated to his memory. Right. Because five years after this filming, he died in a car accident tragically. Terrible. He was in other um, big shows, ER, Charmed, um... Pacific Blue, uh, Flipper. Can't forget that. Can't forget Flipper. Uh, yeah, that's about it. What do you What do you think of this guy? What do, What do you think his story is? He's obviously an alcoholic and a bad influence, and Taylor knows that. And I think that now that he's in town, Kyle's gonna go down a bad path. Yeah, yeah. Bad path with the butt wipe. (laughs) Now we are headed to Sydney's rebranded Jane's. It's gone. Jane's on the door is gone. Now it says Sydney. And I'm like, couldn't you just continue to call it Jane in memory of your sister? Hell no. Anytime (laughs) there is a new business, it is the character's name. I'm surprised D&D isn't just called Craig's at this point. (laughs) Um, We're changing it up. We're going to call it Craig's now. (laughs) Craig's advertising. Welcome to Craig's. So we get into Sydney's and Sam and Sydney are there and they're arguing. You know, Sydney is always threatening to fire Sam. And I'm just like, if my boss treated me like this, I would walk out. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's like she's working at a retail. You could go work at The Gap and probably get a lot better treatment and hours and pay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're taking this shit from from Sydney, but as they're kind of bickering... What if it was like American Horror Story? They're all dead and they can't go like 10 mile <laughs> radius. You know what's funny? They're locked in. Whenever I envision this store i always feel like it's in topanga canyon like i know it's not no but i'm always like that's where i feel like it is Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i'm sure it's on melrose avenue carter walks in to take sydney to lunch and she's like "Ooh, cool where are we going and he's like 
It's kind of a Meals on Wheels thing. And I'm like, ooh, McDonald's drive-thru. I was Sounds like, good to me. I thought they were going to do like charity work. Like, oh, like Meals <laughs> on like Wheels? Hand out Meals on Wheels. <laughs> like if this is like a Meals on Wheels, then... Let's let you do. Yeah. And but she's stoked. Sydney's like, great. I'd love to leave. I'm going to take a super long lunch. Go ahead and close up, will you? I'm like, this is the perfect time, Sam. Be like, fuck you. No, I don't work here anymore. Oh, Bye. She's even bitchier than that. She tells her straight up, if you're not going to quit, why don't you just close up at the end of the day? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's insane. And it's- you have to live with this person? This It's yeah. crazy. And... If Sam only knew, she shouldn't get jealous of this because Carter made fucking bologna sandwiches. <laughs> well, no, okay. So waiting outside is not McDonald's. It's not like a volunteer van going yeah. to deliver meals to people. It is a double-decker sightseeing bus that Carter has rented out just for the two of them. They're going to go to the top deck. He's made arrangements to go see all of the famous people's homes. They're going to go see Marilyn Monroe's bungalow. And as lunch, he's made bologna sandwiches. I also want to clarify, I am not above bologna sandwiches. I think they taste fine. But the problem that I have with these bologna sandwiches is that they're like balled up. (laughs) In, They're in like saran wrap. Not in a plastic sandwich bag. No lettuce on them. Or at least none that I can see. And it's like, it's just saran wrap in a ball. Like, that's the grossest. Well, I think what they're trying to illustrate is that Carter previously is the type of person where everyone does everything for him. He's got a team of people to, oh, you want something to eat? Let me get the private chefs to make it for you. And kind of as like, hey, I'm normal. Like, I want to be like the lay person and make a bologna sandwich. The novelty. (laughs) It's like that. Yeah. Well, that's awful. I feel bad. Yeah, I don't care for bologna. I think I would probably pass on that sandwich if it was offered to me. But they go on their merry way. Yeah, Carter wants to go to San Fran with her and and escape from his life and be free. And Sydney doesn't believe him and thinks that Walter is going to find them. But he's like, I'm not going to tell Walter. And so she says, you got it. You got a deal. I'll go for the whole weekend with you. Carter seems like he's chipped. <laughs> I kind of feel like Carter's like it's like the premise of Big yeah. and like he's been like he's a kid that's been like swapped into somebody else's body yeah. and he like doesn't know how to be an adult. He's like, "What? You make sandwiches? I can't tell the guy that works below me where I'm going. I'm only allowed to make video games forever." It's um it's kind of it's weird. Like if you're the guy then tell all the other guys to be like, fuck you. Yeah. That's why, the power. Why does Walter have so much power over him? Get the fuck over it's, here, Carter. He, I swear. I think he was freaking <laughs> changed by Zoltar, and he's a real eight-year-old, and that now he's an adult. <laughs> now he's an adult's body, and he's never kissed a girl before. I watched Big, well, parts of Big recently. It's a really dangerous film today. I mean, he fucks her yeah <laughs> they have sex he sure does <laughs> it's kind of she's into it too yeah 
And she kisses him. And doesn't him. she know at that point? At no, not at that point. But she does kiss him, knowing that like he's gonna get out of the car, and then he turns into a child. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. Very weird. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, we now go to D and D, where Amanda <laughs> is bitching about how long and boring the funeral was. For um, that Arthur. guy. Yeah, that guy, Arthur. But and that other guy, they, the they, son. They're coming from the funeral back to work. Like, they, this is your they, dad. They didn't even take all the day off. They came back to work. And she's like, oh, God, that funeral was so long. Everyone just, like, eulogizing. And then, what's his name, Craig? Craig. He's like, Craig's like... Well, everyone loved my dad. They wanted to like say their their things about him. She was like, nobody loved him. They were just afraid of him. Your dad's a piece of shit, by the way. <laughs> and oh yeah, you didn't kill him. You're lucky. It's fine. You're off the hook. Jeez, why are you so hell bent about this? Chill the fuck out. This wasn't a traumatic event that happened here, in work where we're standing right days now. Days ago, where <laughs> the revelation of what we were doing made your dad have a heart attack and die in front of you. Okay. <laughs> what I do like is that this is consistent for Amanda as a character because we we need to remember that she did make fun of the dream wedding where there was not enough mourners. Or was that a real, fu- no, a funeral, a dream oh, funeral? Like, oh, no. She goes, where are all my mourners? Where are all the mourners? <laughs> that was for her. Yeah. And she was like, I don't. No, she wanted mourners. She she didn't understand why. It right. Would... But she is, this is on brand for her because she is a critiquer of funerals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In dream world Just and real world. Just critiquing all the funerals. Yeah. Now, um. Uh, so she, Craig leaves. Well, he has a great line. He says, don't you take a day off from being Amanda Woodward? Oh, yeah. Sometimes, but I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. I got to go. I can't work today. Thank you. You yeah. sh- probably shouldn't work for a week. You At should least. probably take some time off and grieve your father. Yeah. Cause the results of you, uh, assaulting your dad <laughs> for trying to, Pay Amanda two million dollars. Five million dollars. Yeah, does she get that money? Uh, no, he never wrote the check. God damn it. Yeah, that's why she's pissed. Now, so he leaves, and Amanda just sees Peter. Well, she goes back to her office because they were yeah. walking into Craig's office, which used to be her office. But now she sees Peter's Peter just, just sitting there, chilling at her desk. That would kind of piss me off. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, here's your estranged husband sitting at your desk. What is he doing and what is he going through and how is he snooping? It doesn't it doesn't really make any sense, but he, he came says, by he came by to let her know that he rented a condo by the marina and he was dropping off like a three bike five card with this detail. He on wanted it. to hand deliver his new address to her. Right. And she's like, You could have called me. I mean, gosh, how cutting edge technology calling someone with your address i remember when i was a kid we had a we had a phone and an answering machine and next to it was a little like three by five card box holder Mm -hmm. with everyone's phone number and address like alphabetical so you could like find out who to where to call cool yeah 
So that was a snapshot of my life. <laughs> Let's move on. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, Amanda, you can tell that she's a little hurt, a little stung by the fact that he's rented a condo because she says, wow, this feels so permanent. And Peter says, well, it's month to month and I can, you know, stop it at any time. But what do you, where do you expect him to go, Amanda? He's got to live somewhere. Yeah, you kicked him out. He's trying to reconcile with you. Should he just go couch surfing? No, he is a surgeon and he has taken his life back. Yeah, he's a, he's better. He's back. And he gets he, a beep. He, because he wants to tell her about Michael. Mm. She doesn't know yet. Oh, right. That Michael has been in an accident and he's in the ICU and he's basically unconscious. And then he gets a beep that he needs to go there. Yeah. Now we're at Wilshire Memorial. Megan and Kimberly are pacing back and forth. And I feel like they have the same conversation over three scenes. Yeah. It's the same, this shouldn't be happening. Michael shouldn't be the one dying. I should. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. It's my fault. And it's just we like you. back and forth. And it's just like, okay, we get it. You guys yeah. are upset and you're regretting what happened. But who cares about them? We're in the danger zone. Michael's has a collapsed lung. And why did it take them so long to figure this out? Because remember when they were reeling him in the night before and Peter's like, his vitals look great. He's just unconscious. And it's been like hours. And he, he's Michael is freaking flatlining, guys. Yeah, he's, he's dying. Like, his heart stops, flatlined, and now he's in dream hell world. <laughs> okay? This is and fucking. This is my favorite scene of the, is it? Of the episode. Because Dream Hell World is just like an electric red that's coming from the pool of the courtyard of Melrose Place. It's that so is hell. Camp. And you know what? If that's hell, I'll see you there. It's so campy. It's, it looks fine. He's walking around and he's like, "What is this place?" And then a hand reaches from the depths of hell, and it's Kimberly. Okay, the pool. <laughs> And it's Kimberly, and she says, help me, come this way. And then he like almost grabs her hand, and then from behind, this white light like shines, and it's Megan. Um, and this is the prettiest I've ever seen Megan, BT Dub. <sighs> she looks like a goddess. She's right? in this like, white, flowing like silk thing. Her hair is all curled. The wind is blowing at her face. Megan's and she's a baddie. Like, Michael, come with me. Come to the light. And then Kimberly's like, no, Michael, come with me. And then they do this like tug of war, like interpretive modern dance where they both act. Ah, Michael, one way, this way. No, Michael, come to hell. No, come to the light. (laughs) It's so campy. (laughs) Uh, But Michael ends up going back to the light and they've got a pulse. Oh. He he was saved, guys. And then Peter, he wa- he like leaves the the operating room, th- flings off his lab coat or doctor coat, whatever you call it, and uh, and he just looks at Megan and Kimberly, and he goes, "Michael's gonna be fine." Okay, and my question to you when that happened, <laughs> when we were watching, I'm like, how do you know, Peter? <laughs> you just saved his lung. You got him breathing again. But this guy has not woken up. 
That's there all could they be some like really big cognitive problems. He could have neurological damage. I mean, I don't He's know. good. How can you assess that if they're still unconscious? He's like, Michael's going to be fine. It's going to be. It's great. Because you know what? Peter is a G. And he's the greatest doctor of our time. So we got a helicopter flying around and it lands in San Francisco. Well, I love how it says this on the screen. It said somewhere outside San Francisco. Yeah. But this is <laughs> this is real farmland, farm country. Yeah. This is Napa, guys. Carter and Sydney hop out and Sydney's like, so this is where you grew up. Pretty pathetic, right? Yeah, it's a barn. Is he, <laughs> is he, is he baby Jesus? <laughs> like, is there a manger in and there? It seriously is. They walk into a barn and she's like, wow, what's you this? He's grew like, up here? This is where I took my first Atari apart. And then in they, a barn? they have like, like it's, it's as if he's never left. The desk is still there. He like sits down. It's like he's back in his old stomping grounds, ready to start making his computer games. And, and somehow they get on the topic of Sydney never having a fantasy. And then I wrote, <laughs> what? And then I wrote, are they going to fuck in this barn? <laughs> no, because what, what he's saying is like, you know, um, okay, this is what Sydney would say. This is what Sydney said. Um, she said that she never had her own dreams or fantasies because she always followed Jane around and oh, she would yeah. just take Jane's leftovers and was happy with them. And then he was like, wow, I love that about you. And she's like, that I could make her leftovers feel like a treasure hunt, like they were mine. And he's like, that you can make your own fun out of anything. And then they like get closer and then they start kissing. And then this old weird guy, who knows who this guy is, this farmer, oh. he's like... And they're about to... They kiss. I think they are kissing. And this nasty fly. Like, oh. <laughs> this disgusting fly, like, like flies fucking right by him. There is seriously a bug, and then it goes on Sydney's face. Ugh. It like goes right in front of them as they're kissing, and then it's like on her face for a millisecond. Kudos to Laura Layton, because I'd have to cut. I'd be like, oh, I can't. I Do you can't. think she was even aware that that happened? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, this old farmer comes in and he's like, "Whose helicopters are you scared off my chickens?" Yeah, (laughs) it's like, is that your dad? (laughs) Country bumpkin ruining the kids. Honestly, who, how, who is that person? Because that's where you grew up. Is this still in your family? (laughs) It's probably like, oh, Uncle Owen, come on, you're scaring my chickens. (laughs) It was never explained who that person was. Um, and then, and I just listened to a podcast with Bill Burr and um, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, you listened to it? Yeah, and they were talking about helicopters. You can't just land anywhere. Oh. You have to like clear that shit. You know, that's. I don't know, but I'll believe it if they said it's true. Because Bill Burr's a pilot, wow. flies, flies helicopters. Yeah, you got to go through all this stuff. But anyway. He's got. They got to move that helicopter. Now, where are we headed? Sydney's. Sydney. And I'm not talking about the apartment. I'm talking about the retail shop. As you'll remember, Sam is having to work the whole shop by herself, closing up. 
Billy comes to visit her and he's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Sam's explaining her living situation with Billy and how how she's pissed off about it. And then Billy advises her to like, this is such a Billy thing to do. He's like, oh, well, just claim squatter's rights. He is such a little bitch. Like, I don't know. This is like the laziest approach, I feel, to anything. Like, Billy would do that. He'd be like, oh, just file for unemployment or something. <laughs> Like it's just it's just it's just a no action action classic Billy, and then and then he he tells her to to get a lawyer and she says oh I could but he's like but don't let it be too expensive and she's like well it won't be too expensive because it's my ex but he's a really good lawyer and he's already like oh, <laughs> not happy about I it I don't I don't like exes. So now we are with Jake and Allison, and Jake has driven her out to some location, uh, maybe around where they live. And he's like, I took a wrong turn today. How? Like, where were you going? He took a wrong turn. He stumbled across this little house that is for rent. And he thinks that because they have a kid on the way that they need to move out of the apartment and Get this house with the yard so their could, kid could have a nice childhood. All my life, I told myself, if I had a kid, his life would be different. He blew it. <laughs> he already had a kid. And I know you paused it there and you were screaming at the TV like, you already had a chance. You threw your first kid away. But then when you unpaused it, what yeah. did he say? He said, and I blew it. I gave away the kid. Yeah, he blew it on the first time around, so now he doesn't want to blow it the second time around. This is a chance for me to do it right. I don't... Jake, But Allison is not convinced. She's like, what about Amanda? Like, she literally brings up Amanda. Like, what about the apartment complex? And Amanda, what are you talking about? Who cares? Do you want to go down in that basement and do your your kids' laundry four times a day? Because when they're going to be shitting and puking all over their clothes? Mm -mm. Is that what you want to do? Is that how you want to have, like, if you guys can afford it and you can get a house, why the hell wouldn't you? I just, I don't think they're happy together. Well, I don't either. They don't seem happy at all. I the don't other either. thing, where there's no engagement party for them. Does there have to be though? Does anyone know they're getting married? I don't know. I mean, we a couple people know that she's oh, pregnant. Billy, Billy knows. Yeah, they kind of let the cat out of the bag with the pregnancy. It's 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 strange they didn't go there. Like Billy and Amanda and Allison shared no scenes. I thought Billy would have ran to her and been like, so you're pregnant, huh? What's that about? I know. Well, it might still happen. Maybe. We don't know. I mean, we've got some more show left, and yeah. I, I think it just goes to your theory that they're not a good match. Mm-mm. I don't think they are. The thrill is gone. Let's head to Wilshire Memorial. Michael <laughs> is up. And I love, he like he comes to and he just goes, Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh, ow, oh, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> He's in pain, and Megan is right by his bedside. She's explaining what happened, and she's like, Peter saved your life. Um, Kimberly is okay. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her, she's like, She's morphed into Dr. Evil. 
<laughs> to cross between Snape and Dr. Evil. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Would you like to go to an evil restaurant? But you know what? It's like as much as she used to talk like that, she really doesn't anymore. Her She's character is changing. Like well, when you're a prostitute, you got to keep... A uh, you know. sex worker, thank you. Is, is prostitute derogatory? Yes, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I forgot I was talking to a sex worker <laughs> activist. My bad. Any, and don't anywho. you forget it. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Michael's explaining his dream, that, that uh, campy dream that he had of being sucked into the depths of hell. And he's like, Kimberly, was, she was pulling me down into hell. She was pulling you, Michael. She pulled you out of the car that was going to engulf your soul and kill you. Is she an old lady now? She's going. She was going to kill. He was going to kill you, Michael. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my god! She saved your life, Michael. If if you're gonna be mad, you should be mad at me, and you should be mad at me for lying to. This is a very selfless position that Megan has taken. And she's like, look, Kimberly's going to be dead in a couple weeks, okay? So don't be mad at her. Don't waste this time being upset. Spend the time with her. Forgive her and hang out with her now while you can. And then she's going to die and it will be us together forever. Mm -hmm. Now Peter's at, at his new marina spot, boozing by the fire. And Amanda calls him. To see how Michael is doing. Well, that's her excuse to call. Peter says he's good. And they chat for a little bit. And he's like, is there anything else? And, of course, Peter wants to, like, reconcile with her over dinner and, and, and convo. And Amanda's like, let's make it breakfast tomorrow at 9 a.m. On a work day. On a work day. No, that's okay. Um, but they agree to it. And yeah. then we go over to Taylor and Kyle's apartment. Oh, you mean fr the frat house? I mean the Thunderdome. <laughs> Let's go, motherfucker. <laughs> Where Nick and Kyle are arm wrestling on a glass table littered with glass bottles that as they're like slamming each other's forearms down into the table, glass is flying everywhere and they're just screaming like, <laughs> They're just it's, a couple of guys. It looks horrible. Just a couple just of guys, Just watching that, I'm like, man. I would fucking hate my life if that's where I lived. They're just a couple of boys, good old boys, slugging beers and wrestling. And, uh, Taylor comes out of the, the room once all the glass starts breaking and uh, Nick's like, I think we need more beer. <laughs> and then he's like, Kyle, go get us beer right now. He's like, all right, all right, all right. I'll get the beer. You clean up all this glass. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Kyle leaves Nick there with Taylor and Taylor's like, this room is a little small for wrestling, don't you think, Nick? As she's picking up glass with her bare hands. Yeah, I mean, like, this is this could be a really bad situation, but she's got, like, the neck of a bottle in her hand, and mm. they start arguing, and it almost comes to, like, she holds up that bottle, that broken glass, like, she's going to protect herself, and he's like, whoa, I was just going outside to get some fresh air. Right. Uh, because basically she's like, 
how long are you planning on staying? You know, L.A. is a really tough place to break into. You might want to just keep moving. And Kyle needs, the restaurant needs Kyle's full attention. And Nick's like, I'll stay as long as I want to stay. And then she, she like, he like, when he walks past her, she flinches and he's like, why are you so jumpy, sugar? I feel like they like had, a, he raped her or they had some kind of like weird sexual relationship that Kyle doesn't know about. Yeah. There's some weird history there. Yeah, she does not. They are not getting along. Now, odd 9 a.m. weekday breakfast at Peter's. And uh, I think I wrote down that this place suits Peter. I, I like this But he spot. says he hates it. Yeah. He hates it because it's rented furniture. It's all the newest appliances. Ugh. And he's How like. How bad. <laughs> And he's like, um, he asked Amanda, like, what she wants. And she says, to eat breakfast. And then he's like, I hope you brought some tableware because I don't have anything in this place. I'm like, you, they gave you all this other shit and they didn't give you plates and forks and knives? Nothing. And then she's like, huh, well, didn't think about that. Okay, I'm going to leave now. She's going to go. I've been here for three and a half minutes and it's time for me to scoot off. In all caps, my note is, without eating it. So weird. This is, this should be illegal. You can't bring over breakfast and not eat it. You gotta eat it. You have to find a way. That could have been like a fun scene of like, I don't know them like playfully like. They're not there yet. <laughs> they're not there yet because they're they're still with this coy like stay in touch. Oh okay, call you soon. They're still like doing this weird hard to get thing. It's so weird because we thought that it was going to go the the route of like, <clears throat> clearly Amanda's going to get with Craig, Craig and yeah. clearly Peter's going to get Taylor. But it's not, it's just not happening. We got a lot more episodes, Dan. It could. Yeah. You know, they're like the slow burn. Yeah. So here's a scene where Sam and Billy go out to dinner with, Sam's ex, the attorney. Mm-hmm. And this guy is named Kenny Jackson. Okay. Kenny is played by Todd McKee. And he is best known for The Bold and the Beautiful, Santa Barbara, Guardian, VIP. The last thing he was on was The Bold and the Beautiful from. Uh, he was on 248 episodes of Bold and the Beautiful. Okay, so he's a soap star. Damn. And as Billy and Sam are walking up to the restaurant, Billy's like, well, what is he like? And Sam's like, well, he's pretentious, oily, smarmy, and Italian suits. He's just like total antithesis of what I like. Like... We we were not a good match, and but he's a great lawyer, so we'll see. So they enter the restaurant. Yeah, then they see him, and he is in Jerry Seinfeld uniform. <laughs> I'm talking denim, denim jeans, denim, uh, dress shirt, tie, and like a uh, couch patterned suit jacket. Yeah, and this is very surprising for Sam, especially you know. After she just went on this laundry list of 
the things that this guy clearly is not. He's very warm and friendly. He's like, oh my gosh, Sam, it's so great to see you. Billy, great to meet you. And Sam's like, so you still working for that law firm in Century City? Nah. And he's like, nah, I now do like nonprofit shit, like whatever it is. And he's like, just trying to get part of my soul back. Right. Like making a joke about like how materialistic and oh, he like, was like a cutthroat lawyer bad he was and as the conversation wears on it's very evident that sam is like feeling this new kenny she's like, like oh okay mm, this is the guy that i used to love but now he's like nice and cool and his like thoughts and everything align with what i like yeah who's this little schmuck that's sitting next to me <laughs> And Billy, Billy's feeling every bit of this. He, he like by the minute, he's getting more and more jealous and and feelings of <laughs> especially when he's like, "Well, what I don't understand, Sam, is why you and Billy don't move in together. I mean, how long have you been dating? What we moved in three weeks after dating each other?" And then I think Sam lies, and she's like, four weeks." Just to like let Billy try to give more time. And Billy's like, and then Billy's like, well, it's not quite that long that we've been dating. And in Melrose Place years, I thought that they've been dating for like five months, but right. yeah. I stand corrected. Billy is nevertheless going to be super, super jealous. Um, they're about to, oh, we, we cut from this scene. Because they're going to get some wine to try to loosen things up, whether mm. it be romantic or business. <laughs> now, we got Carter and Sid talking about uh, Carter's last breakup. And he says, like, the more serious we got, the more she wanted me to change. And she wanted me to grow up, but my computer games needed me to be a kid <laughs> to make them. See? Maybe Walter's like some freaking wizard that like was like, you're eight years old, but you have to be older in order to be taken seriously in the computer game industry. I'll make you 29 and then you'll still have to operate and do my bidding and do whatever I say. Is Walter? He's Jafar from Aladdin. <laughs> Has he morphed into Arthur Field? That's your oh, Arthur Field voice. Arthur Field's like this. Uh, so Carter, he basically wants some loving and he's, he's like about to hook up with, he was creatively blocked before Sydney's about to give him all the cookies. And she's like, he's like, I'm really out of practice. And Sydney says, it's okay. I'm a good teacher. And then she's got her little scarf on. Like she's a freaking airline attendant. She's about what? to go flying. <laughs> okay. Pleasure town. Well, we cut from there and we're back at the dinner. It's they're done. They're having their coffee. It seems like the conversation has gone well. Kenny thinks it's a done deal. Billy insists on paying the check. Then Kenny's like, no, I'll get it. And they have that little like, you know, banter back and forth. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. And then Billy. Billy wins. Billy wins. And he gives him his payment or whatever to the server. Is this normal what they do after this? No, this is not normal. So this yeah. is what happens next. Kenny's like, okay, guys, well, I got to get going. Um, and then Sam goes, oh, great. I'll go out with you to the valet and wait for your car with you. And Billy's like, well, I guess I'll just sit here and wait for the check. Yeah, that's fucked up. 
I thought so too. Not cool. That's not cool. Especially that that vulnerable. You say goodbye. Oh, okay, you got to go. See ya. And then you wait there with your boo who you went there with. It, yeah. That's I think paying you're right. the, the check. You can't just walk off with the ex. That's fucked up. And he puts his arm around her as they leave. Yeah, they looked like a couple as they were walking out. Thank God Billy had his back to them because if he would have saw that, he would have been pissed. And Sam, of course, is going to be like, what? Why are you so uptight? Gosh, I was just saying goodbye to an old friend, Billy. It's what we do in Maryland all the time. It's how we do it. All Maryland people hug each other. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Michael and Peter are talking at the hospital. P- Michael's still in the hospital bed. And um, Michael wants Peter... No, Peter wants Michael to get rest and stay in the hospital. But Michael doesn't want to. And Michael wants to leave. He's like, I got it. This is all good. And um, uh, Peter's about to leave, and he pulls the curtain open, and Kimberly's right there, like the crow. Well, they're talking about they're talking about like Kim the situation with Kimberly and Megan, and he's mm. like, No, I'm gonna go stay with Megan for a while. Like, I want to be released because I want to go back to Megan's house. Mm. And uh, I don't know how much Peter is like privy to what's going on between this little love triangle. But as the curtain opens, Kimberly is there having heard everything that Michael does not plan to go back to the beach house to recuperate. He's going to be with Megan. Yeah. Now... Kimberly is going to talk is talking to Michael and Kimberly wants Michael to spend time with her the last few weeks and to be with her when she dies. And this is this is a departure from what she originally wanted, which was to just die and be alone and everyone to leave her alone. Now she wants like she wants someone to to share the the death with. Right. I mean, she wants to be with somebody and and he says, I can't believe that our story is about to end. And she goes, Michael, not your story, just mine. Just mine. Then while they're like hugging, um, Megan shows up with a plant. An orchid. Yeah. <laughs> is that bad? I mean, they're the most fickle, hard to keep alive flowers ever. And if you know he's leaving, why would you bring him a plant? Then he's just got to, you got to bring that back. Yeah. I guess it was like trying to be like a token of like, oh, here's an orchid for you. I don't know. But she seems, although. But if people bring you plants at the hospital, that's a sign like, you're going to be there a while. <laughs> you think so? I think so. We like, got to fucking find some soil and plant this shit like, like yeah. somewhere. Like people start bringing you things that, like, that you need to like use and like decorate. Like don't decorate this room. I'm leaving it. <laughs> but people start bringing you stuff like here's your PlayStation. Like they're saying settle in, you know? <laughs> You're going to be here for a minute. So an orchid says you're staying for the long run. Orchid means let's spruce this thing up. You're going to need to water this thing. Bring like a fish in there. Um but Megan for Everything she said in the previous scene where she's like, oh, no, spend time with Kimberly. You're going to hate yourself if you don't. You can tell the jealousy 
And the sadness of seeing the two of them together is really getting to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it's the next day back in uh, San Fran or outside of San Fran. I think they're in San Fran now. Okay. Carter is up. He is working on his game. He just had sex. And he's he straight up says to Sydney, I'm unblocked. And I fixed the glitch in my game. <laughs> so Sydney's like, Sydney comes there in a suite, obviously. And Sydney comes out of the bedroom portion into the living room area where we have that guy, Carter. Carter. <laughs> Sitting at the desk playing on his computer games. And she's like, what time is it? And he's like, it's 6 a.m. I've been up all night. I'm unblocked. And she's like talking to him and he's completely ignoring her, just playing on his game like an eight-year-old would. I mean, like like a kid. He just used Sid to clean his pipes. I know. And then then he's like, we got to get back to L.A. right away. We're on the first flight out of here. We got to implement this stuff. He's paying zero attention to her and she's like, Okay, well, I guess we'll pack. And, and he, he says nothing. Yeah, because she was like, what? I thought we were going to stay for another day. And then like... Nothing. Yeah, nothing back. He is in it to win it. So she's feeling... I don't know. How would you feel? I'd feel pretty terrible. Yeah, like you just used me and now you're done with me and you're just playing your computer games. Playing your vidges. <laughs> your vidge games. <laughs> Go play the vidges. Back to Melrose Place, Sam and Billy are talking, and Billy wants Sam to move in with him, but she doesn't really hear this proposition because Kenny is already there with papers filed for Sam to stay at her place. And coincidentally, Amanda's walking up, and they serve Amanda with these papers, and um, and they're basically like, look, These are documents that say that you can't kick me out of the apartment, blah, blah, blah. You have to offer the lease to me. And she's like, okay, I guess I have to. I would think that Amanda would be more pissed off about this. But she does. I mean, She rolls over. This is like the, I feel like if anybody's diplomatic, because this is what Carter says to Sydney, it's not Sydney, it's Amanda. Because she's like, okay, well, you've presented me with the proof. I'm... I will do what the law says. You need to work it out amongst yourselves. Yeah. Go ahead. You can both live there. But Sydney returns while they're talking about this with her suitcase. And um, Sydney's pissed because she's like, "I'm that's supposed to be my place alone. What the fuck? Oh, maybe she's trying to be a bitch to her so that she wants to go. That, maybe yeah. that's a motivation. But yeah. the thing is, like, Sydney kind of has a point. Because that all of that shit in there is Jane's. Yeah. All of the furniture, all the stuff, it shouldn't go all... I mean, if anything, yeah, it's easier to just move into her apartment, but like all of the furniture and things in there should go to Sydney. And also, here's an option. Call Jane. <laughs> Give Jane a buzz. Keep her. Keep Jane on the lease. Yeah. And just pay Jane. Just pay Jane. And then Jane pays the rent. And then Jane says, I w- all my shit is Sydney's. It is kind of weird that that wasn't 
like taken care of prior to her leaving. It was just like, oh, well, I don't live there anymore. Hey, when you get robbed at gunpoint by a guy with fingerless gloves, you got to get out of town ASAP. I will say in this uh, in this scene, um, Sydney's outfit is like the quintessential late '90s look. I didn't even notice. Oh my god! It was like this like jacket um, that like this dark jacket. This like I think she was wearing a beret. She had her hair like flipped up. Yeah, it just reminded me of like Delia's catalog. I loved it. 97, I was a freshman in high school. Wow. What grade were you in? I think I was in seventh grade. Oh, boy. Yeah. Seventh grade. Mm. So we head to D&D. And Sam brings lunch to Billy. And Billy's like, meh, I'm not really hungry. And because Billy's playing, like, I'm jealous. You didn't even listen to me at Melrose Place when I asked you really if you like wanted to live. like these smooth operator guys. He tries to make a correlation between Kenny and Craig. Yeah. That, like, there are these, like, like smooth, like, schmucky guys. Right. And she then cozies up to Billy and gives him some, some butterfly kisses. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you don't have to be jealous. You're my guy. You're my guy, Billy. Ew. Billy is no one's guy. Okay. <laughs> so the next uh, uh, the next scene, we've got Sydney in Carter's like foyer area, and Walter comes in and he's like, Hmm, I take it you did sleep with him this weekend? And she's like, What? What are you talking about? He's like, Oh yeah, here's your check. For the sex. And he's like, uh, <laughs> your services are no longer needed. You can leave now. And then she's like, wait, no, I told you I don't want your money. Walter gives her the check and she just rips it up. And then he and then he orders security to come in and forcibly remove her from the premises. She's like, what? No, Walter, no, help, help. Carter! And then she gets hauled away, and then uh, as soon as she leaves the the scene, Carter comes in, and he's like, what was that about? Oh, that was nothing, Carter. Um, um, It was Sydney. She was trying to extort us. Yeah, she wanted money for hanging out with you. Her services that she provided in San Francisco. And he's like, what are you talking about? We really liked each other. He's like, nope. Sorry, I've been paying her this whole time. Yeah, and she must have done some research on you and knew what to say to make you like her because she's doing it all for money. And Carter's like, wait, this is weird. I really thought that like we hit it off. Nope, nope, you didn't. You didn't. Um, here, how about this? Focus on your first love, computer games. <laughs> now go make some more computer games for me. Go, little boy. Eight-year-old child. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Now we go to Kimberly's. Uh, Michael is straight up, like, caring for Kimberly, but he puts her, like, down to bed like like she's a baby. And, okay, for like, someone down. who just got out of the hospital himself for having a collapsed lung, and good. he was, like, unconscious for days, he's, like, 
up and totally like aware. He's with no, it. No like breathing problems. And you said even this that like for near for like dying, Kimberly looks great. Yeah, Kimberly's like, but okay, now Kimberly's really playing into this like I'm dying thing because You'll remember in the previous scene, she's fine. There's no inkling that like she's except for once in a while. Yeah. My head. But she like, hasn't been doing that. Yeah, but like there's nothing. And now she's like, Michael, please just come and hold me. What is that noise? Oh. She's like, like yeah. oh, the baby woke up. <laughs> so Megan woke the baby. They're at the beach house, okay? And like you said. Um, he just put got Kimberly down, and then Megan comes into the beach house, and she's like, "They're gonna leave." Yeah, right. Megan's like, "Are you ready to go? Like, is she okay? Is she settled?" And then he's like, "Yeah, I just got her down. I just got her down. We, let's 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 get out of here." They start moving to the door, and then that's when Kimberly comes out. Michael, Michael, where are you? And then he's like, "Oh God, she's awake. <laughs> she, she's up. <laughs> she comes in, Fuck. and she sees Megan." And she's like, oh, Megan, good, you're here too. Um, is it okay if Michael stay with me tonight? I just really need somebody. <laughs> and <laughs> Megan's like, oh, yes, of course, Kimberly. He can stay. And she's like, oh, thank you. And she goes back into the bedroom. And I love, like, thank goodness, like, Megan, like, asks the real questions. Because this is what I would ask too. Um, you're not going to, like sleep with her are you he's like no no i'm gonna sleep on the couch she's gonna be in the bedroom she just wants company you know she's getting down to those last days and megan's like okay yeah yeah and then we hear michael it's like from the bedroom in there and he goes back into the bedroom megan is just standing there and you can see this anger building in her face she's really like She's like, fuck, we should have let that her car just run off the side of the road. And then Kimberly's like, Michael, can you just hold me? Hold me in the night. And then he's like, yes, of course. And he's like spooning her and like cradling her like head and neck. And she's like, like, hey, by the way, my lung just collapsed. (laughs) Can we can I lay flat? (laughs) This is hard for me. I'm really on my on the side. Maybe I'll just sit in this recliner because I'm on some really heavy like yeah, muscle relaxers. <laughs> that fucking hurt. Like Peter shoved like a coat hanger in him. Yeah, like he got a straw. Jesus like, Christ. Like an incision on his side and a straw went into his lung to allow him to breathe. That can't be good. Yeah. Now he's just on his side. Just like chilling like nothing happened. And um, Megan's like out on the deck now like real pissed and I she walks back in because you can hear when it when the, when the show ends when the episode ends you hear you see Kimberly's face her eyes open and you hear like like footsteps. I heard the footsteps too, but I thought that it was her walking away. It's her walking back in. You think? Oh, what if she tries to kill them? What, what if? No. Them? What if they start having sexy time? That's and what I'm she thinking. Wants to be there. I don't think they're going to have sex, but I love the idea of Megan trying to kill Kimberly. Mm, yeah. I love this idea. Okay, that's that's the end. End of the episode. Jenny, let's recap this thing. Sydney wants to move into Jane's old apartment, and since her name is on the lease, Amanda allows this. 
Billy suggests that Sam hire a lawyer for squatter's rights. She does, but the only problem is her lawyer is her ex-boyfriend, which makes Billy jealous. Nick, an old friend of Kyle's, is in town, and it is evident he is a bad influence and Taylor does not like him. Carter whisks Sydney away to San Francisco, where they have sex and she unblocks him. Peter rented a condo, and Amanda is wanting him back. Michael comes out of his coma after Peter fixes his lung collapse. (laughs) (laughs) He dreamt that Kimberly was trying to pull him to hell, and Megan was trying to save him. Jake wants the idyllic house with the white picket fence to raise their child, but Allison is not feeling it. Walter feels that Sydney is distracting Carter from his computer games and has forcibly removed her from the premises. He then lies to Carter and says that she was trying to extort him for money in exchange for her services. Kimberly has come to terms with dying and has asked that Michael be with her, much to the chagrin of Megan. Okay, 90s moments. What you got? Finding a phone to call 911. The reference to Breakfast of Champions. The reference to Desert Storm. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam's like Ernie Sesame Street sweater. The rib turtleneck. Yeah. I think I have that down. Like that, that was so popular, that ribbed yeah. sweater that's coming back. Um, Sydney's hair slicked back, like almost like the helmet hair. Mm. That used to be a big thing. The reference to Meals on Wheels. I wonder if that's still going on. Probably. Is Meals on Wheels a thing? Well, I just get Uber eats to deliver. Um, Meals on Wheels was like charity work. I know. Uber is not delivering. It was for like elderly people that couldn't get their own food. They would drop off meals to them. Yeah, so like Uber hasn't picked that. Okay, what I'm just saying is like maybe they did. You don't know the volunteer work that they do. Meals on Wheels, Uber edition. No. (laughs) Okay. Um, Giving someone your address. On a card. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have pagers beeping. An intercom system. And Carter's Carter's video game noises. It was like fucking <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Like that game sucks. Using the term macho. Don't be so macho. Um, I think that's all I got. It's I had the Desert Storm one. No wheels on your suitcase. Yeah. Anytime there's a suitcase, we say that one. Well, it's true. Okay, every episode there's a lesson that we can glean and learn and apply to our lives. Dan, what lesson are you taking away from this app? The lesson here is to not offer up your husband for like X activities if you're uncomfortable with what could or will happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. She... Megan was the the agitator. She was the one who who told Michael, like, you should hang out with her. You should spend time with her. You should do this. And now he is doing it. And she's like, Ugh, what have I done? That's not a not a good look. My lesson is be honest with the person you're dating. 
There were so many opportunities for Sydney to tell Carter that Walter keeps trying to pay her off, especially when they were talking about Walter and how weird he is and how they have to hide from him. Mm. That would have been the perfect time to be like, oh, by the way, he keeps on trying to write me checks to, to spend time with you. I just thought that was really weird. And I wanted you to know that. Had she said that, they wouldn't be in this situation. Nope. Be honest with who you're dating. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real. Now it is time for... Bitch of the Week! I'm a boss-ass bitch. Bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch. All right. Last podcast, season five, episode 16, The Eyes of the Storm. I said that Sydney was the bitch. And Jenny, you said that Craig was the bitch this week. And nearly, there's a, there's a small margin of, of victory here. Sydney, 48%. Craig, 52%. Oh! Congratulations, Jenny. Craig was the bitch of that week. Woo! Okay, let's read your comments. Jamie says, I had to go with Sydney for Bitch of the Week. As much as I adore her character, she is the type of person that goes overboard with the smallest amount of power, and that makes her a terrible boss. Sam is being Bitch of the Week to herself for not quitting on either Jane or Sydney after how they've both treated her. And that continues in this episode as well. <laughs> Jason said, I love Sydney, but what an unholy bitch. Bitch she was to Samantha in this episode. I recently changed jobs because management there were engaging in this behavior, and it was the best thing that I ever did. Samantha needs to do the same and leave Sydney's ass to deal with the return of fingerless gloves guy all by herself. <laughs> by the way, I have to tell you that when I listened to this episode with my AirPods at work, and when Jenny revealed that the gift was Old Faithful... Trademark. <laughs> I gasped so loud that my coworker in the next office came over to ask if I was okay. Thought you would find oh, that amusing. That is so awesome. Love Jason. You. Love you guys. And as always, looking forward to the next episode. Oh, thank you, Jason. Heather also commented on that piggybacked off of Jason's comment and said, I was driving and had the biggest smile for miles when Old Faithful was revealed. Oh, that's Dr. Danielle. Thank you again. Okay. Um, Rebecca says, Craig watched his only living parent die and did nothing to help. Now he's depressed. Whatever. <laughs> Mary says, hmm, if he thinks he's depressed now, then he's got a whole lot coming. Ooh. I wonder what that means. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So this week, Jenny, who's your bitch? Oh, this week, my bitch is Walter. Um, I'm sorry, but does Carter work for him? He is so domineering and so pushy, and he runs Carter's life. Although Walter is employed by Carter, Carter doesn't want to even tell him about his whereabouts because he's afraid Walter's going to like tell him what to do. Yeah. Uh, how does Walter have the authority to make choices for Carter personally or even romantically? The fact that he's like getting all up in their business, even trying to pay 
Sydney to like hang around, that is overstepping a huge boundary. And it's very bitchy to think that you have the power over somebody else's life in order to do that. And then to have Sydney removed and lie to Carter about her motivations, total bitch move. This guy is toxic and he needs to be removed from the lo- Carter's life. Bitch of the week. All right. Mine is... This is side character versus side character this week. Nick Reardon. Nick steps on the scene and is an instant bitch. Here's a rule, gang. This was also potentially going to be my lesson as well. You can't stay at someone's place if their partner isn't okay with it. Agreed. Even if the other partner says it's okay, it's not okay. Like, think about that. If you are visiting your friend and your friend's wife or husband is like like audibly saying, fuck that. You, you can't stay you here. You can't stay here. You don't just stay there. That was uncomfortable for everybody. You just say, like, even if, even if the other partner is like, no, 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 come on. It's fine. You can totally stay here. I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm going to get a hotel. I'm totally good with it. But you can't stay there. Then, here's the next bitchy thing you did. You can't arm wrestle in that same place and break all those bottles. On a glass table. And then flex. On a glass table. And then flex on the, on the person who doesn't want you there. That's the bitchiest thing to do. And then, here's another bitchy thing. You told the, the person you're staying at to run out for beer. Weird. It's got bitch all around. So I think Nick is 100% the bitch of the week. So in the show notes of this episode, you can join our Facebook group, click the link, um, answer the the three questions, and then you're in and you can vote for for bitch of the week in, in the group once you're approved. Let us know, did we get it right? Or is there another bitch that you want to nominate? Because you can do it right in. And we'll read your comments on the next show. All right. This episode was called Better Homes and Condos. (laughs) Now, I think this is a pretty good episode title, but I think we can do better. (laughs) Why do you always say that? Jenny, what is Mm, your rename? Okay. Um, I'm renaming this Unblocked, then Cockblocked. Block the cock blocked. Please explain. Okay, well, Sydney unblocks him. Oh, and yeah. And then he gets cock blocked by Walter because he kicks Sydney out of his life. I'm unblocked. Yeah, why wouldn't Walter want Sydney yeah, to like he just one sex one sexy time? Have her have her had sex with him a lot. I mean, so he makes way more video yeah, games. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. My rename for this is Invasive Company. Okay. That's it. All right. Good stuff. Cool. Predictions. What do we think is going to happen next episode? Um, I love the idea that Megan's going to try to kill Kimberly. That would be awesome. I'm here for it. Um, I kind of like the idea of... 
Jake and Allison breaking up. Do it. And getting an abortion. Oh, fuck. I kind of like that. That's dark. I like that storyline. No. I like it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Okay, well, tell me what else is going to happen. I think Kimberly dies next ep. That's, what? That's my big prediction. Next episode? Next no. One. Next one, she's out. I think Jake and Allison get that house. You think you do? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're just on the way out. Uh, I think Billy can't handle the lawyer X. Okay. Carter and his security detail have it out, and then he gets back with Sydney. Uh, I think Kyle's military past gets revealed more, and we found out, and we find out why Taylor and Nick have so much beef. Mm, I think that's another big reveal that's going to happen. And will Kimberly and Michael do it one last time? I say yes. Mm, maybe. No, pick. Take a side. I say no. You say no? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I wanted to read a little um, a little note that we got. Mm. We got a, a, a message just saying, saying thank you. So um, I'm going to leave them nameless in the event they wanted to remain nameless. But it says, uh, since my husband died a few years ago, I have been watching old shows Started to watch teen dramas this summer, and lately it's been Melrose Place. I have no one to discuss the absurdities with and recently came across your podcast. I love it. You are both hilarious. Thank you for doing this. It makes me laugh and nod my head in agreement. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and I'm so sorry to hear that you lost your husband and... And I'm glad that we can have be a bright spot in your life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's why we do this, guys. That's why we do it. That's why we're going to keep doing it. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads, I think. I don't know. You tell me. I think we're on Threads now. Uh, at Melrose Pod. And our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. Please give us a review. Yeah, if you haven't written a review and you like what we do, give us a five star. Yeah, just go to the um, the Apple Podcast app um, and find our show, and then scroll all the way down to the bottom, and then you can uh, you can write a review right there on your phone. And we'll read it. And we'll we'll read it. Buy some Melrose Pod merch at T Public. There's a link in our show notes to that. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash MelrosePod. We appreciate everyone who is a, a patron and, and help us, uh, helping us out um, with some funds. We love smut. And we love you.